Welcome back to the Georgia 2024 show. I'm here with my co-host, Bill William Quinn. I he's Bill or William? You, you know, it depends on whether it's a formal day or not. This feels okay. like this feels like an okay day. So let's go with Bill. All right, cool. Um, so we're brought to you by the Georgia Record, georgiarecord.com. I want to send a special shout out to our War Room Posse audience today, the second week streaming on War Room. So really appreciate you guys listening and also Conservative Daily out in Denver and the Caravan to Midnight audience with about 8 million people. So I uh, appreciate everybody around the world listening because Georgia is the railhead of the fraud in the elections, and we're going to dig deep into it today. Before we get into that, I want to ask you to please support our NOAA subscriptions. We have 12 websites. Uh, the ColoradoFreePress.com is the latest one coming on board, and we're trying to really bring truth across the country and across the world as to what's happening uh, for those who love freedom and those who want to put America first or your own country first. So again, support our no ad subscriptions is a few bucks a month and you get all of our sites, 12 of them around the world with no ads. Thank you. We have a really packed show today. Uh, I think you're going to really enjoy it. We have Clint Curtis, who's going to join us shortly. He's a, a recognized advocate for election integrity. Everyone knows Brian K. Pritchard here in Georgia. And then we're going to finish up with Charlie's Bird from the 10th district. So with that, um, let's bring in Clint. Hold on one second. How you doing, Clint? Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, sir. So you're a computer software developer from Florida. You've testified in front of the U.S. House on software that can change voting results. You've worked on the paper ballot issue in Spalding County. Uh, Bill, take it away from here. Well, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty broad intro. Um, so Clint, Clint, just to let people know your expertise, you know, you're, you're a software developer by trade and then um, have gotten into these other things. Tell us a little bit about, you know, how election integrity sort of made its way into that, into that uh, area of expertise. Would you please? Make sure you're not on mute. There, I'm a prototyper. Okay. So I've worked for like all the major, you know, Department of Transportation, Department of Law Enforcement, uh, NASA, you know, companies that need things prototyped, right? Mm -hmm. Back in 2000, I was working for a company in Oviedo, Florida, and we had the uh, the attorney for the company, the head lobbyist for the company, and the speaker of the Florida House came in, and they requested a prototype for the electronic voting machines. Now, none of there were no electronic voting machines at the time, so I was kind of like developing the prototype of how it would work and all that. But that's not strange in of itself. The strange part is that during that very initial request on do these things work how can you make them happen there was the request to be able to flip the vote so you could go up and choose who you wanted to win so my assumption was this wasn't for production this was probably going to be to stop somebody from producing something like this mm -hmm. silly me anyway <laughs> so i produced it handed it in and said this is why you cannot use computers ever to actually tabulate your votes because you can't see what's going on. It all goes in the background. It can be hacked by any Tom, Dick, and Harry that wants to do it. There's a dozen layers to hack it, and it's just a bad idea. So I handed it to the company and said, this is what you need to show not to do that. And they said, well, this isn't really for stopping it. We're going to cheat with this, and we're using it in West Palm Beach. So... You know, I figured they were a little nuts because who was going to let them roll in this system that can't be verified? Hmm. Silly wow. me, right? 
So it's now in there. They uh, they did the hanging Chad fake, which basically, I don't know if you watched or not, but there's a Dan Rather special out there where he went through and showed that Jeb Bush had actually ordered the paper to be different and the cutting to be different. So the whole hanging Chad thing was kind of invented as well. You know, invent wow. the problem and you have a solution right around the door here that you can spend billions of taxpayers dollars on to basically control elections anytime you want to so wow. this has been going on for a long time right uh 2000s when i wrote it wow don't trust a single election since that time not wow. a one and wow. they've all been messy republicans were not on board because this guy who requested was a republican he was jeb bush's running mate at one time and he was speaker of the florida house but and i think well the republicans are terrible right they're trying to cheat so when I'm in D.C. talking to people and I talk to a fellow to do triple C and say, this is what they did. My thought process is, well, he's going to say that's terrible. Same thing I'm thinking, right? His response is, why didn't we think of that first? <laughs> so, you know, they all think that they are anointed by God and they're on the side of right. And it doesn't matter if they cheat as long as their guy wins. Wow. And that's what happens at the kind of the upper levels there. The whole uh, uniparty is kind of, you know, they get together and choose their own. So they just had a better choice of doing this. You know, so, down in Florida, I, I'm pretty involved in the whole DeSantis thing. I mean, we found massive election machine fraud down there. Um, and uh, the fact that, uh, you know, Bush, who's now Jeb and the whole Bush family supporting DeSantis behind the scenes. So that's fascinating. Huh. It's a big another, club. <laughs> I think a lot of the selection process may not be the candidate having any clue what's going on. It's more of like a group that selects who they want to run, to be in charge. Mm -hmm. And I think that might just be another attack on Trump to say, oh, look, DeSantis won by 70 million points. Yeah. Even though if you know anything about Florida, you know that's impossible. You know, he, he could possibly win in South Florida but not by, he can't trump people in there. It's not going to happen. It's just not the way the demographics are set up. That means yeah. you would have to convert Democrats to vote for him. And that isn't happening, you know? Yeah. We yeah. all hate him. It's just the way it is. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that was more of a target at Trump to give DeSantis this boost to actually get in the race so they could choose him over Trump. Yeah. So it's another Trump attack more than anything else. So a lot of match. I think that's the way it that always kind of plays out. And then they choose who's running and they choose who wins. And we go and we vote or pretend to on our video game. And then we go home and you know it's over. Hmm. It's kind of like Russia, except the people in Russia are smart enough to know that it's a fake and mm -hmm. they just go do it for fun, right? They're supposed to vote, they go vote, they know who's gonna win before they vote, because they know who's counting the votes. Yeah. Wow. And we had that same problem. It took a long time for people to wake up. Well, and I think, and I think they still are waking up. But you know, your work and and folks um, doing similar things are helping that process. So uh, we, I was lucky enough to uh, you know to see Clint uh, when he was in Spalding County doing a demo recently, um, and that was in support of the you know Georgia's. Um, paper uh, paper ballot please initiative and uh, here's a picture of of the event so uh, kind of take us through the the objective of this session if you would please uh clint and then we've got a little clip of something you showed while you were there 
Sure. Uh, basically, uh, we are doing a road show, and we kind of started in Texas because Texas was most interested. So, and the people here, um, Beth Beasel from Texas First, she had this all organized, and she's getting it set up for Lays County. But we had people in Georgia who wanted to do it as well to basically, because, you know, there's this thing that you can't count it. It takes too long, mm-hmm. costs too much, too much errors, right? Yep. All that is garbage. Every bit of it's garbage. We, I actually developed a little system to show them, which just uses a calculator that only adds and subtracts because you really don't want multiplication in your elections, right? Bad idea. if a vote comes in it should be an ad if you made a mistake it should be a subtract but it should only be one it shouldn't be a bunch so essentially i built this little system we've been showing all over texas it will give you the ability to see every ballot that is cast every ballot as it's counted everyone can verify it for themselves so they actually have trust in the elections and it's 100 reliable because it has multiple features in the count Plus, everybody can watch it. So even that, if you think you could hack in and do something, everybody's going to see you. That's right. And transparency that's the really with means the machine. You can't see it. Transparency really means something in the way that you've put this together, doesn't it? Well, Let's... we need transparency because nobody believes in anybody anymore. So <laughs> they, they've been they've been jerked around too much. <laughs> and Let's you have take... all these people going, "Oh, that is the best election ever." You can do you see remember counting. So you can go back if you don't think it's right. And believe me, every politician that's close is going to go back and check. Because if they're down one or two, they might find something. It's unlikely because there's a whole lot of accounting going on in the background. So as you can see, count them. You can see every ballot. That's the normal. And they'll speed it up here in a second just to get through it. Because, you know, if you get bored like I do, you're not going to even watch something for two minutes and 30 seconds, right? So we zoom through. And in the end, and we were doing 100 back here. We have since brought that down to 50 because if you make a mistake, you have to recount it. And you know you made a mistake because the numbers don't add up. If the numbers don't add up, you made a mistake. You gotta go back and do it. Because you know you started with 100, you better have 100 when you're done. If you don't, that's a bad thing. It's really that simple. The cameras make the show. Because even though the calculators you can cheat if you had kind of an inside track. So if you're in a heavy Democratic or heavy Republican area and you have kind of an overwhelming number of counters, they might add a vote or two every now and then, right? Mm-hmm. You can't do it on this system because if they do it, they get caught. They're on and video. getting caught is bad. You know, you don't want to cheat if you're going to get caught. Yeah. Well, you're right? also sitting next to the two people working at each station are theoretically a Democrat and Republican. And so they're working shoulder to shoulder, both interested in making sure they get an accurate count. They are less important to me than the, than the actual cameras, Mm. because in some areas, it's hard to get enough of the opposition party to actually show up to be election volunteers. Oh, really? So yeah, you'll have, You'll have like 50 Republicans show up and five Democrats. You kind of have to spread them a little thin. <laughs> yeah. In, Repu- in Democratic areas, you got the same problem. The Republicans are kind of pushed down. Yeah. And while that may not seem like a big problem, a couple of votes here, a couple of votes there can make a big impact, especially on a federal election or a state election or something. So, you know, you want to keep it clean and you want to let everybody know that it's always correct. 
And then they can go back. You don't have to worry about a recount because it's there. Just recount it. Free to everybody. You know, you don't have to worry about um, records requests because you're seeing everything. And it's not just those two cameras. There's also a camera showing everything that's moving on inside of the voting area. So you can make sure that, you know, a supervisor elections are walking in with their own ballots and taking out some others, mm-hmm. which we have found in various areas where, you know, you had a little, little swap out there. Well, that looked so, pretty uh, fat. Yeah. That looked pretty fast as we were going, but the, but that could be slowed down and stopped to look at every single ballot. Is that right? Yes. You wow. can see every ballot. We spun through the middle, but you can watch every ballot. And since it'll be on video, you can watch. You can actually slow it down and go really slow if you want to. Yeah, yeah. But that's amazing. You know, that's amazing. So this demo was in. Me? Sorry, <laughs> this demo was in the middle of Spalding, beginning to look at uh, some options. And I, I, I suspect you, uh, you know that since this this time, they have now elected to um, uh, to do an automatic hand count. Uh, at the end of every election and compare it to their machine count. And if, as long as everything matches, great. If it doesn't match, though, the, uh, the promise is to stop uh, and, and take a deeper look and, do, and not certify the election until they come to uh, closure. So um, I suspect what you, what you produced for them had a, had a strong hand in all of that. But they're still not there because the problem is once you remove the counting for the ballots, that little downtime when they're doing the initial, mm-hmm. no one's going to believe it because it's no longer going to be seeable. In fact, part of what I am proposing is that you count the mail-ins and absentee and ever even the early vote. You just box them up and you don't open them until on the precinct at the precinct day so that nothing can be tinkered with. Because yeah. we had a report um, in 2016 of ballots down in Broward County, and they had this little room, and a whistleblower come forward, had this little room where they were making up their own ballots. And mm-hmm. then when a mail-in ballot came in, they would open up the envelope, store the envelope, toss the ballot, and insert their own. Perfect. <laughs> and there's nothing to really stop that from happening unless you have it on camera at the precinct. Yeah. It also keeps anyone from having advanced knowledge of how the election is trending. Because right now, if you count the early votes early, they're not supposed to tell anybody, but not supposed to doesn't work real well, mm-hmm. you know, because yeah. people trust no one. My mantra is in an election, trust no one. You don't have to if you just show up, right? Trust but verify was a nice phrase. Throw out the trust, just verify it's not that tough. Yeah. Nice and easy. So what's so, been the reaction for, to this, uh, you know, in, around the country in Florida and Georgia? What, what's been the reaction of state and local officials? The people love it, but a lot of the officials in private are afraid hmm. because a lot of them mentioned the Kerry Lake effect. Kerry mm-hmm. Lake ran against the machines, Right. She was leading by seven points or something like that right before the election. And yet she lost. All the other people, at least most of them, that ran against the machines and had any power to change them, lost. Doesn't matter if they're leading in the polling. Doesn't matter if they're leading anything else. Doesn't even matter if their candidate is actually even out there campaigning. So a lot of them are afraid that if they get on board, then they won't have a job because they'll lose too. 
because mm-hmm. selection works in various ways. Yes. So they'd have to change it very quick. So, but if people can get to the hand count, they can say, we want a system that works and you need to give it to us now. Because like in Texas, there's this thing called chapter 65. It is slow. It is bulky. It is horrible. <laughs> and it was developed at about the same time they were requesting the, the actual software to start moving over to the machine. And it basically takes six times longer. It's just terrible, right? If you have to use that, you need to know ahead of time that there will be a lot of suffering. <laughs> it's going to take you a week to count an election. Hmm. Wow. And in my opinion, the purpose is so they can point and go, oh, yeah, you could use the machines there. Sure. So, that, you know, if they're trying to sell you one thing, they're going to give you the worst possible option on the other one. You might be stuck with that. With the system I'm proposing, it is faster than the machine. You can do the whole election in about an hour. Wow. The whole election. Because you're doing it in the precinct. You're counting those boxes. You're done. And we've demonstrated that in Dallas. And it's just easy to do. 100% reliable. And everybody trusts it because everybody can see it. Wow. So, so that's so where I... we are. Secretary's of State pile on, too. Uh, in <laughs> Nye County. Nye County, Arizona, they were trying to do a hand count. They had to get volunteers. They called me because people know me with this stuff. I got them 450 volunteers, right? Nye County changed the rules and said, okay, they have to all be from the county or they can't work on our elections. Hmm. Even though none of the people who run the machines are from the county. So Hmm. they don't trust the citizens, but the machines are fine. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder that if our Secretary sense. of State's going to pile on this one. We'll see. Uh, I think he probably will. <laughs> well, you know, I certainly they, hope so. And then California, um, Shasta County, we're going to go out there and run there and tell primary that took them a week to count in an hour and uh, knock it out so we can show it to them. But what happened out there is after they voted to get rid of the machines, I think it was Dominion they were voting on, and they were going to go to a hand count, the Secretary of State of California sent them 46 pages of new rules regarding the hand count <laughs> that's like somebody who doesn't want it to happen yeah for sure hmm. so instead of helping a lot of them are going to be in the way clint how can people help your efforts where can they find out about um, what you're doing get hold of these people and tell them that if they get in the way when they finally get their election so that they can trust them they're going to be the first people to go and that's really you gotta you gotta threaten them on this side because they're already afraid on the other. So they have to know that they're gonna get it. You may have to go to one of these horrible, nasty, terrible things to go through it. You know, it's a battle. And it's hamburger hill to go up at the top. But once that's done and you own that hill, you can do anything you want. Because then the elections will be real. And if you are a Trump supporter or any supporter for anybody who's not part of this mainstream little, you know, little group, you better make this happen or you don't have a prayer. Doesn't matter if he wins the primary, he will not win the general if the machines don't want him to. If you know what I mean. Well, Clint, thank you. We appreciate you coming on. Yeah. I am sure there'll be lots more to talk about as we get further through uh, 23 and into 24. So thank thank you, Clint. Quite welcome. And if you want a roadshow in Georgia, uh, there's a fellow doing the roadshow there. His name is Sam 
His telephone number is 229-378-4222. And he's running around and doing the road show there, has the same equipment, has the same data, and he's better looking than me. So you're good to go. <laughs> All right. Well, thank, thank you again, Clint. We appreciate it. I'm sure we're going to see you again, my friend. Take care. Thank you, sir. Bye. Bye-bye. Interesting stuff. That's where yeah. we need to get to across the state, for yep. sure, in every county. So before we get to our next guest, everybody's familiar with David Cross and Election Integrity, but he also owns an investment company, and I want to play a quick ad uh, for David as he supports the Georgia 24 show. I'm David Cross, and you may know me from my Election Integrity work, but I also own U.S. Asset Management, a family-owned and operated investment advisory practice. I'm a certified portfolio manager, and my job is to help you make better decisions with your money. One of the things we try to avoid is investing in companies that push the woke agenda. If you're invested with one of the big firms out there, there's a pretty good chance that you're feeding the beast that hates your values. Our company is 100% conservative, and we'd love to have an opportunity to work with you. Check us out at us-am.com and look for our big, proud American Eagle logo. So everybody's familiar with our next guest, uh, Brian K. Pritchard. Um, you want to introduce him, Bill? <laughs> sure. Uh, so, so Brian K. Pritchard, a lot of people know him as BKP, and he has a, uh, a a podcast that he does every weekday, and usually goes deep into the, you know, the issues surrounding Georgia and all the stuff that's important to Georgians. So uh, we are we are delighted to have him with us, and let's bring him in. Hey, thank you, guys. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's always great to be with you, Todd and Bill. I tell you what, I enjoyed sitting here listening to Mr. Curtis. And when I first when I first started listening in, I said, man, I don't know if I want to follow this. And then as I as I was as I was listening, I said, yes, I want to follow this because, one, I love everything he said. And now I want to pull it around to a, a different direction. But exactly what he's talking about. And, and let me say this, you know, we hear a lot of uh, somebody's from Gen X and Gen Z. You know, I'm from Generation Reality. And I'm just going to tell you right now, everything that guy said, I'm listening. It's intent. I'm on board. I'm paying attention. Uh, first of all, it talked about it wrapped up trusting our elections. So that made way too much common sense, right? We made way too much common sense to trust our elections. It should be that simple. Everybody should be on board. So you can't figure out really in reality why everybody's not on board. But the one thing I want to I want to jump right into is real simple. Everything he said to do would end the uniparty. It would end the uniparty and it would end what I call the, you know, Republican ruling class of Georgia. And the deep state wouldn't be able to end Trump. Trump would get elected. So I hate to say it's that simple, but like everything he said, you know, the the people we're battling against know that what your last guest said, if we would implement or go in that direction, would change the unit party in the deep state and put Donald Trump in office. So I think we'll, we'll go there. I, I love paper ballots. I want to be on record of I agree Guys, I'm going to say some things your audience does not like, but the way I work is I work studying the deep state corporate corrupt media. Um, there's no such thing as coincidence in politics. No such thing. 
Um, and so I'm going to say some things they don't like. I'm going to start with this. June 10th, I stood before 2,000 people and I looked at them and I said, I don't believe we should ever vote on an electronic device again. So I'm going to tell you that is my belief. But Georgia, you're not getting paper ballots. You're going to ballot. You're going to you're going to fight. But I'm going to say today, I'm going to go on record. You're not getting paper ballots. You you might get them in a handful of counties, but the Republican ruling class of Georgia is not going to let you have them. And I'll be glad to go into detail of why I feel very strong it's not going to happen. Um, we also know we also know that uh, hey, right at the top, I'm not attacking anybody because I'm going to get in trouble for our conversation today. But you know. People don't like also when I call him the, the great Trump slayer, all right? The ruling class, you know, you take Chris Sununu up in New Hampshire and you take Doug Ducey in Arizona and you take the RNC, going to say it, RNC, Chris Christie, Mike Pence, the list goes on, Davos, the world, they consider Brian Kemp the, the great Trump slayer. I mean, I look at the New York Times headline, December 4th of 2022. The man who neutered Trump. And that's how they see Brian Kemp. And I believe, and, I, and I'll get into great detail as we get this going, I believe Georgia is set up to be Trump's last act. Now, whether it'll work or not, I don't know, but I believe that. Okay. And I'll also say, as you well know, Trump is running for president of the United States. Now, what I mean by that, well, everybody's saying, well, yeah, he's running. No, 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 no. You didn't hear me say he would be the Republican nominee. I'm not 100% on that. I'll say I'm not 100% because I don't believe the RNC and the ruling class, I do know they're working overtime to take him down as far as the Republican nominee. Now, you can ask me any question why I believe that. But even if it's from cell block C, President Trump's running for president of the United States, and I'd also like to throw out before we end today, I am a Republican, lifelong. I'm not knocking the Republican Party, just the Uniparty. But I'd like to get into why I also like Robert Kennedy Jr. So, hey, you guys got any questions? Because I got I got a list of things, man. Well, you, you said that I'll start off. You said that um, you see Kemp as the Trump slayer. Do you think that is reality or what they want him to be? Me tell, walk us through how you. All right, here, 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 here we go. Here we go. I, yeah. I don't mean to interrupt you, Todd, but I'm sure. so excited. I'm so excited to answer that. I apologize, and the reason I put that down is let's 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 start with this. We'll make it really quick, and we'll sure. make we'll make it fast. We've got Trump endorsed Kemp uh, against Casey Cagle in the Republican primary, and then Trump endorsed Kemp against Stacey Abrams. Kemp wins. All right. I, I pause because I know how much trouble I'm going to get. Don't anybody ever get up and think for one minute that Brian Kemp ever gets up one day and likes Donald J. Trump. It's just it's not there. It doesn't happen. OK, and and not now, even, even though you hear and we'll clear this up, even though you hear Kemp say, all right, he's going to support the nominee. All right. He's going to support the nominee. You don't have a you don't really have where he says. He says Donald Trump. 
Okay, the person interviewing Kemp in the last couple of weeks might say Donald Trump, but not Kemp. All right. And the reason I say that, okay, is is uh, Chris Sununu this morning on one of the corporate corrupt deep state morning shows said he guarantees now New Hampshire, and I don't like Chris Sununu, but he guarantees that Trump will not be the Republican nominee. And he is supporting, and I, I've, I've got a clip I'm going to play on my morning show. He is supporting the nominee, and he will support the nominee, and he guarantees it won't be Trump. So going back to Kemp, we, we know that. All right, well, you know, we know that Donald Trump asked Brian Kemp, we'll put it nicely, to make Doug Collins the, the senator, uh, you know, when Isaacson retired. And uh, Kemp said no. Basically, no. Here's Kelly Loeffler. Mm-hmm. The list goes on, not to take up that time, and then when when everything that Kemp stood up, when COVID, basically Kemp stood up against Trump, all right, and their battle started there, or went on there, and then we got into 2022, and, you know, and uh, Donald Trump endorsed some candidates, and Kemp was fortunate enough to be running against Stacey Abrams. That's why he's governor today. And, uh, you know, and David Perdue, I'm going to say nicely, was not really the candidate that should have been the primary candidate running against Kemp. But all of that added up. Everybody looks at Kemp right now is, you know, five for five against Trump. Let's just say that, okay, whether our audience is happy to hear it or not. But that's the way it's looked at, even at Davos. All right. Kemp is there has been such backslapping. All right. I mean, everywhere this guy goes, the backslapping, he goes to Davos and it's nothing but backslapping as the guy that could stop Donald Trump, no matter where he goes around the United States and polling, whether we like it or not, polling right now, Kemp has got this 60 percent approval rating. But let me just say this. Okay, I think that everything has been planned out. I think I think uh, we'll get into the indictments. I think the indictment from Fannie Willis will be last and it's intentional. It will be last. So it'll all be timed out going into the election. Now, I do believe DeSantis, the launch of his campaign Uh, went downhill. I do believe he's hurting and polling. But as far as some things, there's no coincidence. Let me just say this. The Georgia legislative session ended March 29th. All right. It ended March 29th. And it ends at midnight. And these guys and ladies don't get home to 1, 1 1.30 in the morning unless they live, unless they live in lobbyist housing in Atlanta, which most of them do. All right. And they get up the next morning, and on March 30th, Governor Ron DeSantis from Florida is at the Georgia Capitol. He's at the Georgia Capitol March 30th. March 30th is the same day, the same day that he launched the uh, Never Back Down, the Super PAC Never Back Down, the Atlanta office. Same day he launched that. The same day, he does a book signing event at uh, Adventure Outdoors in Smyrna, which I like Adventure Outdoors, but we all know the owner of Adventure Outdoors is a personal friend of Brian Kemp's, okay? 
Now, these are not, this is not a coincidence. So, Bill, I sent you earlier. So I got tipped off, you know, hey, if you're at the Capitol March 30th, you might see Ron DeSantis. There he is. That's my picture. That's March 30th, the day after the Georgia legislative session ends. He's at the Georgia State Capitol. Now, does he meet with one or two people? No. This is him coming in and wife Casey. Now, I'm not going to be negative to Casey DeSantis. I'm not going to do that. But the reality is uh, she, I don't know, I think she runs the campaign. I really do. At all times, she runs the campaign. Now, he's at the Georgia Capitol, 10 o'clock, March 30th, that morning. Can you give me the next picture, Bill? Yes, sir. Now, they didn't like it, but here is the, the, the I'm going to say, 20-plus, close to 30, however many state senators there are in Georgia. They all go into a room. They all show up. Now, the reason I said this, this is, this is after they finished a session at midnight the night before, Everyone shows up. Now, I will tell you, there may be one or two that did not show up, and I'm going to kindly say State Senator Brandon Beach was not there. He was not there. And also on this day, Lieutenant Governor Burt Jones was not there. But I take a picture, boom, in there, and that's where Governor DeSantis goes in, and they shut the door, and they stay for about an hour with Casey. Casey goes in with them. You kind of mentioned they uh... – they were perhaps a bit dismayed you were taking a picture in the door. So we took the opportunity to enhance it just a bit so we could give a proper uh, summary of well, what we were I, able to see. <laughs> I, will say, I will say this. When, when, when I was there and Governor DeSantis showed up and I'm standing over to the side, several of these gentlemen walking in that day were like, who told him? <laughs> you know, like, like, why does he know we're here? But, you know, as I can see, you can see some of the people in there. And I'm just telling you, it's a packed room of senators, state senators. Now, they come out of this room after an hour. And I, let's save the last picture for last. They come out of this room, and this is on March 30th. Again, the same day they launch the Super PAC office in Atlanta. All right. Uh, never back down. Same day they go to outdoor, adventure outdoor, which... I think maybe Governor Kemp helped set up. Don't know. So they come out of here and they go down to a state senator's office conference room. This is where Ron DeSantis and his wife, Casey, they then leave this meeting and they go down to a state senator's conference room where they meet with the House leadership, including House Speaker John Burns. John Burns, they go down and they meet with the House leadership, you know, state, uh, with with uh, John Burns, okay? All right. Uh, I don't know how long they were in that meeting, maybe a half hour. They come out of that meeting, and that's when Governor Ron DeSantis makes his way down to Governor Brian Kemp's office. For what I understand, what I understand is a working lunch where they get together. Uh, now, I don't know if Marty Kemp was there uh, with Governor Kemp, but Casey DeSantis is with Ron and the governor, and they meet with Brian Kemp. All right. 
Now, I have saved this picture, Todd. This is going to be, oh, I'm going to get in so much trouble. I saved this picture on purpose for this day. It's never been released because when they came out of the meeting with the senator, somebody said, you want a picture? I said, well, all right, I'm going to take it. This is the governor of Florida. So there you go, Bill. Let's not leave it. Let's not leave it there long. Okay. So I got a picture with the governor of Florida basically that day just to say, yes, that was me. I was there. I was taking the pictures uh, that day. Take that down. I can't look at that too long. Uh, I don't want anybody to get the wrong impression of that. Picture. Now, the reason I'm putting all that together is we can fast forward to today because I don't believe there's any coincidence. This is the day again they set up the super PAC office in Atlanta, never back down. This is the day they have the big adventure outdoor event. But this is the day they that he has three closed-door meetings state senators, House leadership, and the governor of Georgia. All right. So now we fast forward, and then I'll break and we can discuss it. Now we fast forward to July 17th. As, as you guys both noticed, in the last couple of weeks, Governor Kemp is doing a lot more media shots. You know, he's doing – He's doing a lot, a, a lot of media, and we can't look back, and we have to be positive, and we're going to win in 2024. Looking forward, and uh, there was the um, there was the possibility of oh, this guy might run for office, and Governor Kemp has done a lot in the last three to four weeks, especially the last three weeks, of media events. On July 17th, according to CNN. Governor Kemp says, I'm not running. I'm ruling it out. Okay. On July 21st, right after that, it's all timed out. No coincidence. On July 21st, Cody Hall, Cody Hall, Governor Kemp's longtime communications director for the governor, it's announced. Now, this is right after DeSantis announced a shakeup in the campaign. Now, I'm not going to say there's not a shakeup in the campaign and there's there's not some people he fired and so forth. But again, a lot of that reporting is coming from media that we can't 100% always trust the sources. But while we hear this shakeup, is it a coincidence? You know, Kemp is doing all these media events all of a sudden. Uh, then he announces he's not running. And then Cody Hall on July 21st, after the shakeup, all right, now joins the DeSantis team. That's not, that's not a coincidence. And and you can also look this up for yourself, is going to continue to be an advisor for Kemp's campaign. Or Kemp's, yeah, Kemp's campaign. So what what is all of this? What is all of this? And what is it bringing us to? And, and is there a coincidence in this or... Or am I just connecting some dots that, I mean, what say you? Because I have some more on this as far as, and, 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 and look at three or four other people that are with Kemp um, as far as like maybe a guy, Stephen Lawson, keep, a, keep an eye on a guy like that and a couple others that are working possibly with DeSantis now. So um, I'll break right there, but I got a lot more where that's concerned because it does 
spiral right into the paper ballots and some thick things. Well, so like people need to be aware. We brought up on this show a good bit that DeSantis is essentially running an election fraud cartel in Florida. So we have shown a lot of evidence. There's current lawsuits going on where the DeSantis administration will do nothing to fight the voter fraud, election <laughs> fraud in Florida, whether it be the machines, whether it be mail-in ballot fraud, which in the Miami-Dade alone, we brought 50,000 ballots to Court Byrd, the Secretary of State, and he, his response was, well, sue me. So that is, I, I think you're right, there is an organization or a, a, an agenda or a, a, a cabal, if you will, fighting Trump. I'm just curious as to how it will play out. Are they trying to take delegates away in each state, or what are your thoughts? I mean, what is the end game that they're trying to do? Well, here's the one thing with, with everything I just laid out. It's not a coincidence. There's been some things in play for quite some time. I don't think the March 30th visit to the Capitol uh, was was not pre-planning for where we're at now. Uh, when you talk about Florida and DeSantis will do nothing. All right. You have the they have that. Now, let's flip over to the Halderman report. OK, that came out. You have nothing. You have not even a statement that I can actually find from Governor Brian Kemp. Can't find a single one. All right. Um, Brad Raffensperger has, you know, pushed back on it. It's still to him the safest and most secure elections in the United States, according to him and his team. Um, we have the paper ballot push. And we we know all the players involved in that, and we support them. And and but we have literally nothing from legislators. We have a handful of legislators in the state that they're good people, but they're using this for a chance. And let me just say this: you know, Lieutenant Governor Burt Jones. I like the Lieutenant Governor. There's some of these people I do like. But it's an opportunity for them to pound their chest and say, we want we want to secure and be able to trust the elections. When I say knowingly, they're not going to get anything out of it. So where is it? Where is it going? Well, first of all, we know we know in Georgia. We have the Republican ruling class and nothing's going to get in the way of that. Nothing. You you look at everything your last guest said and everything we had a meeting. Let's fast forward. We had a meeting this past Thursday. I think it was Thursday, Bill, if I remember right, at the Capitol, where um, my understanding, my source is that Brad Raffensperger, the Secretary of State, uh, the Assistant Secretary of State, Jordan Fuchs, Gabriel Sterling, I understand maybe even Ryan Germany, and a team of attorneys. So I understand a whole entire team went in to meet with uh, Republican Senate leadership, Steve Gooch, uh, Lieutenant Governor um, Burt Jones, and other state senators. And for a solid hour, just putting it all together, uh, Raffensperger's team conveyed to them in every legal way that it's the safest, most secure elections in the state of Georgia. Uh, the other side, Lieutenant Governor and others, uh, pushed back. They did push back, and but it, it ended there, and it basically the, it, it ended with nothing. We got nothing out of last Thursday's meeting. Why will let's go with the common sense here in, in the head scratcher? With everything we know, with the Halderman report, 
Okay. Even with Dominion, Dominion saying that the the original version of Dominion that Georgia is using has vulnerabilities, even with several sources citing vulnerabilities to these machines. You got to think about it. Raffensperger won't crack at all. Will not even flinch. Why is that? Why will he not flinch with that much evidence sitting in front of him? And I'll tell you why he won't flinch. Because if he was to even release a sentence saying, well, there's a possibility of vulnerability and we're going to watch. I don't care what it is. One sentence. It could possibly be used in Trump's favor. Sure. In in this upcoming case. And Raffensperger will not. Now, this is my opinion, because as I always say, attorneys are standing by, right? Raffensperger will not flinch for one minute because securing the elections or making sure Trump goes to prison and gets convicted, my opinion is the ruling class is determined they're all going to play their role and not flinch from Trump getting convicted in Georgia. That's, that's so let me opinion. ask you this. If you, you know, I, I think there's probably a couple more counties that may flip to paper ballots or some version of that. You don't think that's going to start a domino effect across? No, Georgia? no, absolutely not. This is where, this is where, and you know, Bill, you know, and Todd, you know, uh, the people I'm connected with and, and I support. Okay. So not to be redundant, I support paper ballots, but here's what's happening there. And I love these people. They're patriots, and I'm on board with them. And the other night, the Spalding County bill, the Spalding County Board of Elections, I watched all an hour and 43 minutes, and Bill and I both watched it, and I can give you all the details of what they're doing. But So let me answer that question. Uh, 130 counties basically in Georgia are Republican counties, okay? 130 counties are basically Republican counties, uh, and that's where we have to have the largest voter turnout to overcome Metro. Now, to answer your question, let's say we go into 2024 and five of those counties go paper. We could end up with a little bit of a cluster. So let's say the county where I'm sitting, Fannin County, 76% Republican voting. Let's say we go paper. Great. It doesn't change the fact that Fulton, DeKalb, Gwinnett, right, Cobb, the list goes on, still exist. Doesn't change that fact at all. So I, I love the passion. I'm behind them. If they flip six counties, I got to look at the camera and say the ugliest thing. They're never flipping Fulton. They're never flipping DeKalb. They're never flipping any of those counties that are so corrupt, it's not going to cause a domino effect. We see the fight, not to get down another rabbit trail, Bill, you well know, we see the fight of just trying to get Republicans appointed to the daggone board of elections in these counties, (laughs) let alone go paper. So your answer to that, no, no domino effect. The answer to that is the state, unless, purely my opinion, God, I love my patriots, and I know they're going to get angry, but unless... We can get the state to completely go paper ballots in a special session. Um, Five or six counties is not going to change the outcome for 2024. I I hope I didn't upset people too bad. 
That tees up a very interesting piece of feedback we heard this week. Uh, there's a lot of folks talking to their uh, representatives uh, from both uh, from both houses. And one of the things that came back um, to, to us this week was the question was posed to uh, one of the folks that represent us and said, well, what's our chance of moving to paper ballots? And the answer that they received was, you know, not a chance in heck because as soon as one of the representatives raises his hand and says, hey, I want to go for paper ballots, um, they will find themselves uh, in a, um, a world of hurt when it comes to committee, when it comes to leadership. Absolutely. Um, and, and to your point, it seems to be stemming, the report is, it's stemming directly from the top. So um, let's then, get into the, well, you know, let, let me say this. I'm a former right. military guy and, you know, and, and I'm a big believer in asymmetric warfare and the, <laughs> there is always a solution. And I, I think that the more counties we can get to go paper, that only adds to the pressure and we'll find where it's going to crack at some point. I don't know where it is, but we have to keep that pressure up. And so um, I would say not to back off that effort at all. In fact, pour gas on it. I so, want to back you up on that though, yeah. Todd. I want, I want to support you on that. I want to make sure my comments were not to be, you know, I, I know how they may have sounded, but I'm not being negative in that. I mean, I, I support it all the way. Okay. I really do. And I'm talking to everybody I can. And, and, and I don't want them to stop. I will never, I will never go on any anything, my program, your program, or anywhere and tell somebody not to be an activist and not to work to do what we need to do. And I want to back you 100% on that. But then I also want to go into what Bill just said, you know, the Republican ruling class here, and there's not a snowball chance in of getting it. So, you know. Um, well, there's we one more point in that. Um, and I just lost my train of thought. So. Keep talking. I'll, and I'll come all right. Back let me let me go into the <laughs> yeah, but let me go into the big lie that's that yeah. gets opened up here. Well, not the big lie. the The truth is, is we won the twenty twenty election. So I don't want you to get confused out there, folks, of what the big lie they tell. But the big lie in Georgia is all right. As you hear, and let's define this. We don't have time. All right. Now I'm not advocating the patch. I'm not doing that. But what I'm going to get to is. You know, we don't have to, we've got a group saying, let's do the patch. Okay. Well, Secretary of State, everybody says we don't have the time. And then they will tell you that the state law says, once you're in an election cycle, you cannot, you cannot alter the voting system. Now, one thing I want to throw out here that we can research and people can highlight later, we are one of the, not few, but not every state in the United States requires the entire state to use the same voting system, all right? Not every state requires that. There's there's counties that can use a different voting system in different states. Georgia is one of those states that has this little thing that says everybody has to be in uniform. That's one. Number two, remember the Dominion voting system in Georgia. Don't forget out here, folks, it's big for you guys fighting this. The Dominion voting system in Georgia, when we purchased it, was the largest implementation Dominion ever attempted. In fact, you can go and find article after article where Dominion even says, I don't know if we have time to get this in place and to operate properly before the election. And there's a point I'm getting to. Even to the point Brad Raffensperger could not get 
Now, this is when we put Dominion in place. He could not get a qualified outside contractor to come in and take on the effort because the challenge was too big. Remember this, folks. It's important. So we ended up making Gabriel Sterling the implementation manager for this enormous, gigantic undertaking. Now, and fast forward. Fast forward. Let me ask what you a question, Brian. Told? So is part of that because of the complexity of of Georgia's counties? We have 159 counties in total. That's second only to Texas, I believe. So well, is that part of the reason it, it was yeah. the largest? It was the largest. Yes, the largest. The largest because we were, I think, if you look at history, and this is all off the top of my head, if you look, we're the first state to do the entire state that Dominion came in. If you do the research, I'm pretty sure I'm correct, and I like to be correct. If you do that, it's I think we're the first state that Dominion did the entire state. But where I'm getting, and I want, I want to put these together, is the undertaking was so large. Now let's fast forward. What, what do our ruling class continue to tell us? That every machine would have to be taken apart and upgraded. We don't have the time. Right, we don't have the time, and the undertaking's too big. Well, wait a minute, deja vu all over again, Yogi Bear. Um, sounds like what we went through once. Because I'm telling you, they're shutting every conversation down for a reason. Of course, and we they know are. the re we know the reason. I, I remember what I was going to say, and I, I remember very clearly about a year ago, everybody was saying Georgia's so corrupt. There is no chance to change it, especially at the county level and the GOP. And guess what? We changed a lot of counties. So I, I think, like I said, I don't know where the crack's going to be. You never know where the where the the opening is going to open in in the in the line. But uh, I think we just keep pushing and probing and, and trying to find it and and be smart about it and work overtime to do that. I have one but, question for for you, Brian. The just for a minute, can we go back to the connection between you know, DeSantis's visit and Kemp? Had net of of all of the things that you noticed and listed, what do you think is the underlying agenda? Is this to improve DeSantis's run? Is there some other sort of third option in here that we haven't we haven't talked well, about well, yet? Well, I do think. Well, yeah, and and just to say this, okay. Um, on every Sunday, I watch all the deep state morning shows to watch the narrative, okay? And they are ratcheting up really hard. You, you know, as you well know, um, you know, you have Biden, and I'm going to answer the question. You have, you have, they're going after Hunter uh, on these programs. They're going after Hunter and Biden's age, okay? And then over on this side, it's Trump and his legal problem. So I'm, I'm of the campaign that I'm not for sure that Biden or Trump is the nominee, according to the deep state, with, with the ruling parties, the uniparties. But to answer your question, where this all comes together is, if you look at everything and you put everything in a timeline of where we're at now, uh, they are really determined to, to say Trump can't win. He can win the primary, but he can't win the general. Now, we keep hearing that, but I will tell you that is getting pretty loud. And there's people I'm talking to, you know, and I don't like, I like to say it like this. I don't like to get stuck in the echo chamber. You know, I understand who my friends are. So I got to get out of that. And there's people I'm talking to that will say, 
Oh, I love Trump. I don't know if he can win. Now, that being said, that's why I think everything's timed out. Now, when you talked about the, you know, we couldn't take back the Georgia GOP and so forth. Um, all hell's about to break loose in Georgia next week. We got a couple things happening here because I'm not going to mention other names, but it'll be it'll be multiple people. Uh, but I have some pretty good sources that David Schaefer, former chair of the Georgia GOP, is about to get arrested. And unlike, we'll see what happens. But again, a couple sources, unlike normally telling him to show up at Fulton County, you know, courthouse Monday at three o'clock. And I don't know 100 percent it's Monday, but Monday at three o'clock, you see the barricades been put up. And I understand uh, they plan to make this a major media event as though they've caught, you know, the biggest criminal in the South. Now, I'm not going to mention names in fairness, but I think Bill and you and I and some of us um, have some other sources. But it, 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 it sounds like it's going to be multiple. Now, we know there's 16 alternate electors in Georgia, and many of them have been given immunity. But this is going to be a multiple arrest. That's coming down. That's coming down of, of those of some of those electors, you believe? Yes, that's coming down. My understanding is this week we see the barriers. Now, Trump has filed just just, you know, throwing it out there. You know, Trump's filed a motion to disqualify, you know, D.A. Willis. And that's going to be heard August 10th uh, by the senior superior court judge Stephen Schuster of Cobb County, uh, August 10th. And, you know, I, I predict they're going to let Fannie Willis follow through with it. So you take the census, the timing, Kemp. Look for look for Kemp not to push back at all. I tell you, fellas, you know, you know, come, you know, I'm going to get in trouble. But if you think one morning that Brian Kemp ever got up and liked David Schaefer, I mean, we know that in Georgia, the the former you know GOP chair. All right. Mm -mm. Yeah. No. Well, well, it doesn't miss many people's uh, vision that uh, what a week ago, maybe a little bit less, Michigan 16. Uh, arrested sixteen of their alternate electors, um, despite the fact that these people were exercising their rights under a contested election to simply say, "Okay, we're going to wait and see what Congress rules," but in the meantime, we'll have a slate of electors selected, and yet these people uh, who's they're, they're quite senior folks, and they're facing, I believe, 66 years cumulative uh, charges and felonies. So, Well, let, let's look at this, fellas, okay? All right. The Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger, Brian Kemp, the governor, and I'm going to throw in Chris Carr, the attorney general. Now, the state of Georgia, the state of Georgia passed the law that if district attorneys do not enforce the law, you know, they get in trouble. But not one of those are attorney general, secretary of state, or governor, supposed to all three be Republicans, push back or make a comment about a district attorney bringing somebody up against charges falsely, <laughs> not using any law, no, no pushback. Now, Georgia is the center of the universe for politics. Now, I know I'm in Georgia, and 
It's not just because I want the center to be here. But, folks, you've got to realize we, we have become center of the political world and politics. There's a reason why David Schaefer, the chair, will be arrested. There's a reason why some others will get arrested. There's a reason why Donald Trump will get arrested. I'm not for sure he'll get the show up. We'll see. There's a reason why the center of the universe is going to come down to me politically in Georgia. And I want to go on record as saying normally, and Todd, let me just say this to you. I'm going to say this to you, friend, okay? In the real world, when David Schaefer gets arrested, which we're pretty positive he's going to, a sitting governor, that's a Republican, a sitting Republican Secretary of State and a sitting Attorney General should come out with comments pushing back against well, that. I, I, I think we're way past the point of having any expectation that this. But you know what I'm saying? Georgia Watch the is, silence. Is, Watch the silence. We, we know that's going to happen. We, there, there's no expectation of any kind of professional behavior from Kemp and his administration. That's just not. He's there. He's appointed. I think, you know, you talked about he's been a longtime anti-Trump guy. Well, I think he was put there for that or, or to put there to protect this state from certain yeah. going in certain places politically. Um, but by the people that he visited in Davos or, or whatever. I agree. So, I agree. Yeah. He is the great. I, I'm telling you, he's seen as the again, the great Trump slayer from all of them. And that's there's actually people. <laughs> And I am a Trump supporter. We know that. But there's actually people out there that really feel, and Todd, you know what side that is. There's people that really feel if anybody can stop Trump, it's Georgia. And you know that. You, you know that. Uh, they knew he couldn't be stopped in some of these other states. But the guy that has the resume to stop him, as they feel, sits here in Georgia. And let me just say this. The reason I say it that strongly is there's a side in Georgia, the Republican ruling class, that is ready to participate in stopping. Of course. Of course. We know We've that. Been, everybody's been fighting it across the state for a year and a half now. And I'm not, yeah, I want to be yeah. clear. I'm not attacking Republicans. I'm not, because I'm going to get in trouble for that. But here's the facts. Now, I don't know how much longer we got and when you got to cut me off. So let me know when you have to so I can at least get my why I like RFK out. So let well, me jump, know. Jump, let's move to that because we're past the hour, but we'll keep going. Go ahead. Right. We'll move to that. And, and, uh, and uh, Bill, we'll move Charlize to the next show. I, I am so sorry, guys. I'm so sorry. sorry. I get I get wound sorry. up. And I'm nowhere near through, but tune in Monday. I'll wrap it up. Uh, all right. I have asked myself for, for months on end, and I am a lifelong Republican, and I understand he is a Democrat, and I'm not advocating supporting Democrats, but what I do like, I like to look at the, the real here. And Robert Kennedy Jr., he has said two things that's really resonated with me. He talks about COVID, and he won't let people forget it happened. And that's important to me personally, because I have a personal story I'd love to share one day with you guys. Why me personally, with the death of my father during COVID and us not being able to have a funeral. Um, and that's a longer story. I'd love to come share one day. But 
COVID and how Robert Kennedy Jr. is one of the few people that has the guts to say they took a health crisis, a world health crisis, and weaponized and monetized it. Then the guy's got the guts to talk about our endless wars, and he says, weaponize and monetize them. And then he has the guts to take on the people that claim we're in an environmental climate crisis. And he says, they use all of these to weaponize them and monetize them. And that is just, that is just my, my general statement where he's concerned. And I watch it over and over and I'm excited. I do believe I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I'm in fear for two people in my life. I'm in fear of Donald J. Trump and, and making it not because of getting indicted. And I hate to say that out loud. I, I live, I live in fear every day of that for that man. Okay. And Robert Kennedy Jr. with the history they have, he was asked recently, as you well know, about his safety. And he said, well, you know, I have to choose the, my safety or my kids living in a world. And he said, I'm going to choose and my kids living in a world where there's freedom. I'm, 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 I'm thoroughly in fear for these two men right here that want to bring down the deep state. So I'll end it there. I can't thank you guys enough for this opportunity. Well, that, that was fantastic. And, uh, uh, Bill, you got anything else to add? Well, uh, so people are probably saying, holy mackerel, you know, um, who is Brian and where can we, where can we see more of, uh, of what we've gotten a, a taste of. So maybe you could share a, Hey, who the hell told you to put that picture back up? <laughs> I told you Bill earlier, that was a one-time thing. I know <laughs> it's a joke. I'm sorry. Sorry for the bad words out there, family and friends. So, so maybe tell them where, where they can learn more on, on a almost daily basis, Brian. Well, we, we have the voice of rural America network and I tell you where that came up really quick in the thumbnail sketch is 2016 Rural America won the election in 2016. They just did. Rural America came out and overcome uh, the metro uh, corrupt Democrat areas of the country like Madison, Wisconsin, and Detroit, and Atlanta, and Philadelphia. And that's where we came up with Voice of Rural America. And we, we look for Voice of Rural America. This is not just my network. It's you out there. Uh, we look for Rural America to win and 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 take the country back. So it's voiceofruralamerica.com. We do a program 8 to 10 every morning here live. Our live players right on the website there. And I appreciate you guys giving me that opportunity to share that. I study the deep state corporate corrupt media. That's what I do, folks. So you may tune in and not hear things you want to hear. But what I do is I take the research of watching the deep state and trying to translate it like we did today in this short time. Thank you very much, Brian. We'll see you uh, again soon. Thank you. Cheers. So for our audience, uh, we ran a little late today, but uh, wow, what a great show. We have some good news at the Georgia show. We're going to go to two shows a week. We'll be announcing the exact time on that, probably uh, Wednesday evening, uh, but we will be back to you on that. Please sign up for our no-ad subscription, support the show, support free media across the country for cdm.press. Sign up for our newsletters. Uh, Bill, you got anything to add? No, that's it. I think it's going to be an exciting uh, time as we move forward, so we're happy to have, have everybody with us, and we will bring forward things as they come out and as we discover them. 
All right. See you next. Well, not next week. Well, next week, but probably Wednesday <laughs> night. Take care.